friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. Today's episode is coming live from the city of Jerusalem. I'm sat here uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is on uh, the bank overlooking the city of Jerusalem. Uh, so I'm on the Mount of Olives right now. And I just want to give you a picture of what I can see. So I'm sat on the Mount of Olives, this bank that overlooks the city of Jerusalem. In front of me, I can see the city of Jerusalem, uh, the old city and the present day Jerusalem. So I can see the Dome of the Rock, the mosque that's on the location of the original temple uh, in Jerusalem. If I can give you a bit of an idea of, of the color of it, it's the city of Jerusalem is a golden yellow color. The bricks are golden yellow. It's just a beautiful view in front of me of this epic city. And then in front, you've got the Dome of the Rock with its gold roof right where the temple in Jerusalem would have been on the exact same spot uh, that Jesus would have gone into Jerusalem. And I'm on the Mount of Olives, uh, not far from the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, which we're going to look at uh, today. And just behind me, further behind me, is a place called Bethphage. Now, Bethphage is named in the Bible as the location where Jesus sends his disciples to go get the donkey that he rides on the triumphal entry. So just imagine this. I'm sat now on the Mount of Olives right near the Garden of Gethsemane. Behind me uh, is the location where Jesus uh, got the donkey from, the donkey's colt. And the route that Jesus would have taken goes down behind me, down my right side, the streets that run down past the Mount of Olives, drought down into this valley and uh, the Valley of Kidron and the valley then dips back up and you've got the city in front of you and Jesus would have swung around on the donkey and entered into a gate that I can see right in front of me and this is called the Golden Gate. And it's uh, a gateway right way that goes straight into the temple in Jerusalem. And, you know, you read these stories in the Bible, but actually sitting here in the garden of Gethsemane, you can see uh, how these events played out. Jesus riding a donkey, going down the hill to my right hand side, through the valley, then up to the temple in Jerusalem and he would have entered through uh, the doorway that I can see right in front of me. Friends, so often these things that we read in the Bible uh, act like stories to us. We behave as if they're stories, sometimes myths. But sitting here in this city, you can see that these aren't just stories. This is history played out right in front of us. And in today's podcast, I'm going to take us to the events running up to Jesus's death. And we're placed in this garden of Gethsemane. And we're going to look at a passage from the Bible and understand a little bit about this garden and how it might unlock for us something of what Jesus was going through hours before his crucifixion, uh, being arrested in this garden. So friends, welcome to Making Disciples. My name is Chris Rogers. I am your host. And today's podcast is in a series uh, that are recorded here in the Holy Land uh, during a Lent trip uh, that I'm on right now. And each week, just dropping a slightly different podcast recorded here in the Holy Land. So I hope you find this interesting and a little bit different. So friends, welcome to Making Disciples.
garden that I'm in, the Garden of Gethsemane, is the location where Jesus went to pray after having Passover meal with his disciples. It's the location where Jesus prayed and the disciples kept falling asleep. Uh, it's the location where Judas comes and betrays him with a kiss. And it's a location uh, that existed 2,000 years ago and still exists today as a place where they grew uh, olives. And the Garden of Gethsemane was specifically a location uh, that was uh, a spot where they would grow olives, that they would be crushed here, and then they would be used uh, in temple sacrifice. So if you were doing a sacrifice in the temple, that's right in front of me, temple in Jerusalem, you were doing an offering, they would pour oil to anoint the sacrifice uh, onto the animal. And that oil comes from the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, Gethsemane is interesting word. Gat literally means the pressing of the oil. And semini uh, means oils. So it's the pressing of the oils. And during uh, Jesus's time, this was the place where they would pick the olives and they would crush the olives to get olive oil that was then used as a part of the temple uh, worship. And what they've got here in the garden are a number of olive presses and an olive press is a stone basin that is somewhere in the region of about a meter or a meter and a half wide. And it's a basin that a circular wheel sits in. The circular wheel had a wooden stick through the middle and two individuals would take either side of the stick and they would walk around this basin uh, with this crushing device and they would crush the olive oil, the olives, and the oil would come out and then there was a little spout where the olive oil would come out into a smaller basin to catch the oil. And the Garden of Gethsemane, like uh, the whole of the Mount of Olives, uh, was a place where olives were grown to make oil. But the Garden of Gethsemane, more specifically, was a place where the oil presses were. And that's not saying there weren't olive presses on the Mount of Olives in other locations, but specifically the Garden of Gethsemane is a garden that was there to press oil uh, that was used in temple sacrifice. So Gethsemane meaning a place for the pressing of oil. And Jesus comes to the Garden of Gethsemane, the Garden of Pressing of the Oil. And this is where we find that Jesus prays. And I'm just going to unpack a little bit more for a moment about olive presses. So this might make a little bit more sense. So if you were crushing oil from uh, olive oil, from the olive trees, the, the um, berries would be crushed three times. They would first crush uh, the olives. They would get out as much of the oil as they could. But the olives held more oil in them yet. The sweeter oil was still to come. So they'd give it a little while. They'd let the berries rest. 
And then they would come back, the two gentlemen, they'd take hold of the, the stake going through the pressing device and they would again march around the oil, around the olives, crushing for a second time. They would remove more of the oil, then they'd let it breathe for a little while again. And then they would come back a third time. And the third time, uh, they would crush the olives to get the remaining oil out of it. So they got everything they could out of the olives. And it was the third pressing that got the sweetest uh, of oil. And they got this from rolling this uh, millstone over the ripe olives. So three times um, they would do this to get everything out of the olives. Now, we find the Garden of Gethsemane in number of places but Matthew 26 36 onwards it says this that Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them sit here while I go over there to pray he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled then he said to them my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death stay here and keep watch with me actually the, the original writing there could be translated my soul is overwhelmed and crushed it's 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 language of the oil press and then it says going a little further he fell onto his face to the ground and prayed my father if it is possible may this cup be taken from me now just to explain briefly that line is a great little nudge, nudge, wink, wink to the meal that Jesus has just had with his disciples. Jesus has just had the Passover meal. In the Passover meal, there's four cups. Each cup they drink from has a different meaning. Now, cup three is called the cup of redemption. And it's the cup that reminds us of the spotless sacrifice of the lamb that was painted on the doorposts of the house. Uh, back in the Exodus story, when God wanted to protect his people from death, death was coming. He said, take a spotless lamb and paint the blood on the doorposts of your house. And when death comes, death won't come in because he knows you've got the blood of the spotless lamb, the perfect sacrifice on the door. And it's the third cup uh, that Jesus would have taken during the Passover meal and said to his disciples, this is now my blood poured out for you. It's the, the cup that we reference in the communion meal. Uh, because Jesus, when he was having Passover, was reinstating it as the communion meal. So if you at your church have communion, it's meant to be a pointer back to the Passover meal. So when Jesus says here, if it is possible, take this cup from me, he's talking about the cup of redemption. The cup that he knows that he's going to be the sacrifice. And yet not my will but yours, Jesus says. Look, I don't want to do this. This is too much. I'm being crushed and, and pressed down, God. But your will, not mine. So that's the first time uh, Jesus prays. Then he returns to his disciples and he found them sleeping again. Couldn't you men keep watch for me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. So Jesus has come back to them and found them asleep. And he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak jesus comes to his disciples and recognizes that they want to be where jesus is but their flesh is weak i'll come back to that phrase in a minute but the question for us is are we any different to peter are we any different to the disciples if we were in the garden of gethsemane uh, during these events would we be able to stay awake after we've had a great meal 
and quite a bit of wine. Now, I'm here in the Garden of Gethsemane right now, and I can see my son. He's leaning against a tree. I've asked him to go for half an hour to pray around the Garden of Gethsemane with our group. And my son is leant up against a tree and he's fast asleep. He, seriously, right now he's fast asleep. He is a perfect example uh, of what happened 2,000 years ago. Go and pray with me, keep watch with me, and my son is no more than about 20 meters away from me right now, fast asleep. He's doing exactly what the disciples did. So, verse 42 goes on. Jesus went away a second time and he prayed, Father, if, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away from me, then I will drink it, your will will be done. And then he says, when he came back, he found them sleeping again because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more for a third time saying the same thing. So Jesus has been, uh, this is the third time he's gone away to pray. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping? Rise, let us go. In one of the other tellings of this story, we're told that Jesus is being crushed so heavy by the burden of what he knows is coming that he starts to sweat blood from Jesus's forehead. Blood starts coming from his forehead because he's sweating blood with the stress of the situation that he is in. So can we just connect the location we're in? What happens in this location now with what we see happening with Jesus? So the Garden of Gethsemane was the place of the oil press. The oil in this place was used for worship in the temple in Jerusalem. It was pressed three times to squeeze out every possible piece of juice from the olives. And we're told that the third crushing uh, is uh, the one that brings the sweetest of wine, sweetest of oil, sorry. So here we have Jesus. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, the place of crushing, and he is now under the weight of the stress of what is to come. We're told that Jesus three times goes away to pray. There's three occasions now that Jesus goes off to pray, connecting him with the olives. He's being crushed in prayer three times. And on the third time, we're told that he's crushed him so much that the burden on him is so heavy that Jesus is now sweating blood. He is at the point of everything uh, that is being poured out. So Jesus is literally in the olive press. He's being crushed by the weight of sin in the same way the garden represents the crushing of the oil. Isn't that incredible? The location deeply connects with what is happening to Jesus. And it's not that Jesus is just in a garden. He's in a garden that represents exactly what's happening to him. And the original writer is connecting the events of this place with what would happen in this place, usually. So a couple of other just little thoughts here from the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, we are told that uh, the Messiah... Uh, would be an anointed with oil. Let me just read this to you. So this is uh, Psalm 89 verse 20. And with my holy oil, I have anointed him. So the oil from this garden will be used to anoint the sacrifices in the temple in Jerusalem. And now we have Jesus, Messiah Jesus, in the garden of Gethsemane, surrounded by the oil of anointing. 
being crushed under the weight of the sin around him, the place of the olive press, the olive oils being crushed for the temple. Uh, this is where they are produced. Jesus is now in that place with the anointing. And it's almost like this place is representing the anointing of what was going to come as Jesus is poured out as this sacrifice. So Jesus is surrounded by olives and he is being crushed. The olives were crushed three times like Jesus is being crushed three times. And each time the greater burden, the weight of the situation is, is upon Jesus. Luke twenty-two forty-four says this, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like drops of blood from his head. Oil anointing in the sacrifice in the temple Jesus is in, that, is in that place of the anointing it's all kind of connecting up just one other thing really that might be helpful as well the garden of Gethsemane holds within the Jewish consciousness a purpose the Mount of Olives in Joel 3 there is a prof prophecy that the Messiah would come uh, to this exact place to save Judah and Jerusalem and the prophecy in Joel was that the Messiah would come and would travel through the valley of Jehoshaphat and would come into the temple in Jerusalem. And by coming into the temple in Jerusalem would bring uh, salvation to the city of Jerusalem. Where I am stood right now, the Kidron Valley is right in front of me. The Kidron Valley is the new name for this valley. The original name for this valley uh, is the Valley of Jehoshaphat. And the Jewish people had this idea that the Messiah will come and he will come from the Mount of Olives. He will travel through the Valley of Jehoshaphat and would enter into the city of Jerusalem. And here we have Jesus in the garden, soon to be arrested, travels through the Valley of Jehoshaphat into the city of Jerusalem where Jesus is interrogated and led out to death. And it's like um, they couldn't see 2,000 years ago that the prophecies are being foreshadowed in the Old Testament and then um, are actually coming to fruition through Jesus. The fact that he is in the garden, that he's going to travel through the valley of Jehoshaphat. Now, some of us are going, wow, this is all nerdy stuff, isn't it? But actually, unless you stand in the location, you can miss how all of this stuff connects. Now, I want to land us today with this uh, line that we have here in verse 41 from Matthew 26 it says the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak I want to ask you a question the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak where are you weak at the moment what what is making you weak at the moment where are you struggling at the moment to be where God wants you to be Jesus wants you to be with him in prayer but the flesh is weak you're not able to be where Jesus wants you to be. What is it at the moment that you are weak over? What is it you are substituting for Jesus? Now, the disciples were substituting sleep, like my son is doing right now, 20 meters away from me. Um, the disciples were substituting Jesus for sleep. They're exhausted. And rather than being where Jesus wants them to be, they're sleeping. Where... Uh, what are you substituting for Jesus? When you wake up on a Sunday morning, you decide to have a lie-in and not get up. 
you are substituting Jesus for sleep, just like the disciples. What is it that your flesh is craving at the moment and the craving is stopping you from walking in all that God has for you? So where is your spirit willing but your flesh is weak? Because if we don't master the flesh, the flesh will constantly drive us to a place where we are not where God wants us to be. Where is it that God wants you to be right now and what is stopping you from actually uh, being there? You must master the things. The disciples couldn't master it. They keep falling asleep. They miss out on what's happening with Jesus because their flesh is weak. Where are you missing out what Jesus is doing right now because your flesh is weak? So there you go. This is my thought from the Garden of Gethsemane, this beautiful garden. I'm surrounded by what is probably 150 olive trees. Uh, there's more olive trees around me than what I can see. Uh, but that's all I can see is about 150. But I am just surrounded by olive trees right now. Beautiful olive trees. The grass that we are laying on is about seven, eight inches long. It's beautiful grass. It's a comfy place. But yet when, when Jesus came here, it was not comfy and it was not for comfort. Uh, but it was a place of his crushing. So friends, if nothing else, if you could link what happens with Jesus in this garden with what the Gospels tells us, um, what he did. So, you know, the location has been the olive press and Jesus being pressed and crushed like oil. If you can connect all that up when you read the scripture, that'd be absolutely fantastic. So anyway, friends, this is one episode of a few being recorded here in the Holy Land. So I hope you find these just a little bit different and a little bit more interesting uh, around the location. We've got episodes uh, from other locations as well coming. So I hope you really enjoy them. Friends, please do share this podcast with others. Uh, the way you get the word out for podcasts is by you posting on Facebook, watch to really listen to a really interesting podcast right now. I think it'd be worth having a listen. Uh, please do that because it's through word of mouth that these podcasts uh, get out there. Uh, and, you know, the, the old algorithms of the podcasting, you know, really works against Christian podcasts. So please do share, uh, let people know this is here, uh, particular episodes, that'd be great. Leave a good comment. And until next time, friends, grace and peace. <laughs>